the Ten Commandments of Man given to all men through the inspiration of I, Prince Buster. Hello and welcome to episode 69. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> episode 69 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. So many subscribers. Uh, Jonathan. I'm Kevin. <laughs> and uh, JR is going to join us hopefully in a few minutes. Uh, and today we're going to talk about Kevin's pick, which is Sling Blade. Some movie from the 90s with That's Billy right. Bob. And uh, other stuff we watched. And uh, stay tuned for a bonus episode about um, Too Old to Die Young, the Nicholas Winning Refn show on Amazon Prime, which Jonathan and I watched all of. Um, yeah, so how's everything going, fellas? Doing good. Pretty good. That's great. That's really great to hear. Uh, How are you? Oh, I'm good. I uh, just got my schedule for the new job. and T minus... Three, yeah, like a month, like two, two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's like two and a half weeks. Oh, shit. Uh, and then I've got to teach like five classes oh, in a row each day, so it's going to be pretty brutal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's neither here nor there. We'll be okay. But, yeah, everything's going great other than that. And uh, so let's just jump right into it. I mean, trailers, you know, the new Top Gun thing, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lion King. Lion King's out. Yeah, tra- trailer for that is like six months old. Oh, no. I mean, I posted the Mul- <laughs> the Mulan teaser. Oh, Mulan, oh, Mulan, Mulan gives right. a shit. Yeah. Any of you guys watch the trailer for Knives Out? Ryan yeah, Johnson's movie? not interested. No. Way out on that one, Kevin. It looks like something you'd <laughs> like, though. No offense. <laughs> well, let me say this. Let me say this. I like when I first watched it. I remember really liking Brick. I've watched it since, and it's okay. Yeah, I, re- I haven't rewatched Looper in a long time, but I remember really liking that one. Looks more like the Brothers Bloom or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the Brothers me. Bloom I thought was boring, not funny, yeah. and I was like, how did, how did the guy who made Brick and Looper make this movie? This is what Knives Out looks like to me. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm just thinking that it's gonna be, it's gonna be the same thing. Um. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, they, they put out the trailer for His Dark Materials, the new YouTube series based on Philip Pullman's books, and that looks interesting-ish, but I'm just wondering how they're going to do with all the, like, anti-Catholic stuff. Just fine. Fuck the Catholic Church. <laughs> Fuck all churches. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have anything else to say about it. But I mean, let's uh, move on. Uh, yeah, fuck trailers. <laughs> All trailers suck equally. Uh, Except for the Gundam Wing trailer that Toonami did <laughs> before before they they uh, put it out. I like their room. That like, was like the greatest trailer <laughs> in well, the history of trailers. And it had uh, the, the the guy with the deep voice like narrating or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was Optimus Prime. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, incredible. Yeah, I like the trailer for Ronin that they did, where they had the boys are back in town on it. Do you guys remember that? No, Ronin. Maybe the, it was the De Niro the, movie. No, no, no. <laughs> the the anime on Toonami. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe huh. maybe they just said the boys are back in town, and I was just the associated with back this, in town with the song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember the uh, Zex Marquise dons the mask of shame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from Gun. That show is awful. 
<laughs> have you have you re- have you watched this? I watched when they uploaded the Hula. I think I watched the pilot again, and I I just didn't the, get the back into it. The dub is like the worst thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life. <laughs> well, you know what are you gonna do? Um, Not watch it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> let's let's just jump into what we watched. Um, and I, I'm gonna go first because I I've watched a lot of stuff, but I'm not gonna talk about most of it because okay, cool. I mean it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a month to the day. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I watched. Uh, I will talk about the hit, mm. which is I watched last month. But I mean, uh, it's from '84, directed by Stephen Frears, uh, and watched this on Kevin's recommendation, and uh, you know it was all right. I I enjoyed yeah. it enough. But uh, I'll tell you one thing that I loved about it. Well, for one, I love Terrence Stamp in it. He's mm. great. And it made me want to rewatch The Limey, which I did the next oh, yeah. day. And it was great. But uh, I'm not going to talk about The Limey because, I mean, it's just like I've watched it a million times. But um, I really enjoyed the squib work in the last or the second to last scene mm-hmm. when uh, people get shot. <laughs> Especially when a certain someone gets shot through his sunglasses. Yes, that shit is amazing. The sound effect when it, the bullet hits the sunglasses, it's like <laughs> it's it's so good. Yes, I really enjoyed that a yeah. lot. Um, I had a lot of, I had a little problem with the fact that he didn't just kill the girl. I don't understand that. But there is another scene where when uh, he kills the gas station attendant, mm-hmm. all the squibs in there are amazing too. Like when he's firing through the glass to make it look like there was a robbery, just so good. Yeah. Really, really good squib work in that movie. Mm. So yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Yeah, it's a good, good movie, Kevin. Uh, let's see. I'll do two quick ones. Um, so I watched Billy Wilder's movie Fedora, which really isn't very good mm. because it's it's about William Holden trying to get this old movie star out of retirement because he's down on his luck and he needs. He needs that one movie that'll bring him back into Hollywood's good graces. And it's like, 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 dude, like you already made Sunset Boulevard. It was a masterpiece. Why are you going back to the well and just making it shittier? Um, yeah, so that was disappointing. And I also watched Gene Wilder's The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes's Smarter Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Which, because like like you look at it and it's like Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, and um, uh, Marty Feldman, and it's not funny. It's just not funny, which is super disappointing with a cast like that. So yeah, two disappointments right off the bat. Big so bummer. You could have watched Too Old to Die Young. I I could Instead have. Well, I, I could have watched two episodes have. of Too Old to Die Young. <laughs> well, actually, like I didn't. <laughs> I didn't at the time. I didn't know. Well, I I didn't know it was out until I saw that you logged it. So, oh wow, okay. yeah, um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I'll tell you what is a really good movie: The Childhood of a Leader. That's good. I like that a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, still gotta watch that. It's really really good. It's on Hulu. Like that that was how I oh, that good. was how okay. I found it. Like Blake and I were just scrolling through movies, like, and we watched the trailer, and it's like, yeah. Let's watch this. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, every everybody is good in it. Um, I loved it. Yeah. It's, the kid's great in it. Yeah. Whoever that girl is who you see her breast, she's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robert Pattinson's in it. Robert Pattinson, is, oh he's, in, he's in it. You're, you're really, missing out, he's brother. Really great. What, what have I, what have I um, done? 
Oh, the the mom is fucking fantastic too. She's so yeah. good. And uh, Liam Cunningham, who's um, you know Game of Thrones fame, he's mm-hmm. great. The score rules. Yeah, from Scott Walker. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't say for for sure why it wasn't a five. Like it just didn't hit me as a five. But it was a solid four and a half. Like it's really, really well done. Yeah, I had the same feeling. Yeah, and I've just realized like I like those kind of, like this one and like The Witch, like just dark period dramas. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I just like them for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Arpats, uh, he's in the new Nolan movie. Yeah. Huh. I saw some like screenshots of like mm. him doing some things. Seems interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Uh, Yep. I watched The Crow. Rewatch. You rewatched The Crow because uh, Kevin did and just got the hankering. There he is. There's JR calling and Skyping mm-hmm. in. Yeah, The Crow's pretty good. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's great. Still, still good. And uh, give it a four. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Come on. I mean, Kevin talked about it. Kevin oh, talked about oh, okay, it. Can you? Bad. Can you? At least... was that last episode? I don't know. I, I think it was last when episode. Kevin talked about this. It was a month ago. I'm pretty sure it was the last episode. Maybe. But can, can you at least spare like a couple more minutes for Ernie Hudson? You owe him that. <laughs> Everybody's great. It's all good. <laughs> it's a good it's just a good movie. It's, it's good stuff. I say move and you're dead. <laughs> I say I'm dead and I move. So good. <laughs> Brandon Lee rules. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. You guys need to watch Rapid Fire. Ooh. Is that still good? It's amazing. The fights are unbelievable. Damn. So man. good. When he fights, uh, what's that guy's name? Tony Lung or whatever? The guy from Die Hard? Is that his name? Um, I don't know. The Like the Asian character actor, villain guy? I don't know. You'd know if you saw him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess I'll just, you should I go again just to keep the continuity of the circle? Uh, yeah, please. I'll just go again. I, guess. I, uh, I watched Deep Hand. Because uh, I liked Sisters Brothers, and this is from the same director, uh, and uh, and I, I honestly wasn't really interested in this, but I thought it was like a refugee drama. But apparently, it's like <laughs> I was reading about it, and the guy and Jacques Odiar was saying he's inspired by Straw Dogs to make it. So I was like, "Well, I love Straw Dogs. I didn't know it was about that." And uh, <laughs> so I read about sort of like what it was about and stuff, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'll check that out." And it was on Criterion Channel, so I watched it, and uh, it's not very good. It's not terrible. It's like solid enough. I think the acting is really good, and it's all like non-actors. Mm. But uh, it's about these people who move from some war-torn country to uh, Paris, and they end up in like this squalid uh, apartment complex with drug dealers and stuff. And mm. it ends with this guy who was once a child soldier having to uh, use his child soldier skills to kill some drug dealers. And that part is the part that let me down because I wanted it to be good, but it was some CGI nastiness, and I was not into it. <laughs> is this from mm. this year? No, it's won the Palm Door in 2015. Oh, 15, okay. But, um, huh. yeah, can't recommend it, but, I mean, it was okay. I really enjoyed it up until that part, so it was, I gave it a 3 out of 5. Okay. JR? Yeah. Your turn? So I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched The Art of Self-Defense, the new... Uh, Dark comedy directed by Riley Stearns with Jesse Eisenberg, in which uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays this character who is seemingly afraid of everything. He's just 
he's really quiet. He can't get up the nerve to talk to anybody out in the office. And when he does, he's super, super awkward. Uh, and then he gets mugged in the street one night. And after that, he like can't bring himself to do anything. He's afraid of everything even more. And so he jo- joins like a local karate dojo to learn how to defend himself. And once he does that, things get uh, really weird because it's a kind of like a weird secret society almost where he is taught he must be the most masculine version of himself. Like I'm sure you guys have seen in the trailers, the jokes like your new favorite music is metal, that kind of stuff. Um, it was very funny, often very funny. It like It's never very subtle with what it's going for, but I, I enjoyed the kind of uh, – like it takes place in a different universe, like where everyone says exactly what they're thinking at all times. There's no like hidden emotion. There's no masking your emotions. And it's uh, just everyone. It's weird. Go Just go see it. It's good. I gave it like a three and a half, leaning towards a 3.75. I want to watch it again. Boom. Solid. That was cool. a really good off the cuff review, man. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I watched The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot because uh, John watched it the other day. And it's like two months and, away. <laughs> well, well, you know, the like, other month. Like, yeah. well, no, I hear you, though. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's one of those movies where like you start watching it and you're like, eh, this can't be very good. But then like it's surprisingly good. Like I would say that it's probably one of the better scripts that's come out in a long time like oh, yeah. it's, it's really well written it's a really solid piece that deals with just a normal dude who just happens to be in extraordinary circumstances and how he deals with those and like the expectations of what it would be like to be like the guy who killed hitler um and his explanations for that are pretty great um there were there were one or two things that like I really thought were like just flat out bad. Like this is this isn't this isn't really a spoiler like, you know, it's it's in the title. Um but when he when he's finally gets to Bigfoot, like he's fighting Bigfoot and at one point Bigfoot like projectile vomits on him and it just looks so fucking bad. Like <laughs> Like, you read the title of this movie and you think, oh, this is just a B-movie piece of shit. And for, like, a f- five seconds, it turns into a B-movie piece of shit with the with this mm. vomit effect. You gotta think about, like, the director trying to convince Sam yeah. Elliott to let this thing vomit all over. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, like, I can only imagine, like, I was in fucking Tombstone. God damn it. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. You know? That's <laughs> uh, the shittiest Sam Elliott impression ever. <laughs> but but yeah, um but then like but then like after that there's some more character stuff with the younger version of his character. And <laughs> you okay JR. over there, JR? He's undressing. My uh, my chair just broke. Literally. Yeah. Oh wow. Damn. It's really it's really old chair. Right. Oh, okay. I'm, de- I'm good. Cool. Um, but yeah, I will. I will say that uh, Aiden Turner, the guy who was in, like, he was the pretty Hobbit in the Hobbit movies. Hmm. This is probably the best thing I've ever seen him in. 
Like, he's actually, like, really good as the younger version of Sam Elliott. Let's get down to brass tacks. The shaving scene. That's fucking great. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, the it's uh, as Jordan would say, it's the duck's eye. <laughs> <laughs> or the eye of the duck or whatever the fuck they talk about over there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Are they still doing that? Yeah, they, every episode. Every episode. You know, you, it's, you, like, it's, it's like, dude, like you got that from David Lynch. He talks so. about that on the first episode. It's funny, though, because he, I remember him trying to make that a thing on, on this show. Right, on. right. It's like, I want to talk about the eye of the duck scene in every movie. <laughs> it's, it's all like, good. Dude, it's like, all, <laughs> yeah. Is he anyway. allowed to even watch Lynch movies? Uh, not Probably not anymore. <laughs> He's seen them all, though, you know, back in the day. Right. When he when he was allowed to watch stuff. Right. All right. Um. Yeah. What'd you give it? it, Kevin? Four. Nice. Cool. Mm. We, we want to talk about High Life? Sure. I finally watched this I'll thing. talk about a movie I watched <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> and I think JR watched it like eight months ago. <laughs> I don't remember jack shit. I'm just kidding. I, re- I remember I a little. Go ahead. What do you think about um, it? I, I don't think JR has rated it yet. I wasn't allowed to. Read it now. Yeah, and, I, read it now. and then I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I I don't know. I it, it <laughs> This thing felt weird to me. Yeah. It felt very like rinky dink. Uh, I I could, you could see the budget uh, on it for sure. Oh. It's like bordering on sci fi channel. I don't know about that. I'm, That's I'm, a little extreme. Current sci fi channel, yes. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like they use more CG there, and stuff on I mean, this. There's on this some themes channel. and scenes that are pretty good. Uh, How'd you feel about the masturbatorium? That ruled. <laughs> that was that was a cool scene. <laughs> um, was this based on like uh, what's that guy's name? It's Ag- not Augustine nah. Burroughs. I, that's where the word I I just said came from. But no, I mean right. it's just a room where they go and fuck I themselves. Mean, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like this. Okay, the story is like they send ex-cons into space, basically to I guess explore black holes or whatever the fuck. So an idea that we've had and, for and twenty quite years. Quite literally, <laughs> I, I I had this idea when I was like ten. So it's like, <laughs> it's like this is ridiculous. Like it's it's to me, it's just a ridiculous idea that you would ever send convicts into space. But uh, I have nothing to live for, Jonathan. But <laughs> it's just it's kind of a dumb idea. But uh, I mean, I guess there's something to read into it. But uh, I don't know. What'd you guys think? Uh, I was let down by it, but only because, you know, you're going into it thinking it's like, it's going to be, I mean, this is how I came into it. I'm sure JR went into it. Like I know who Claire Denny is and I, you know, whatever, but I, I went into it thinking, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, you should, you <laughs> fucking should be, uh, I went into it thinking like it's a space movie with our pats. It's mm. going to be amazing, you know? And then it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, ultra philosophical Tarkovsky film that I wanted it to be. And, uh, it just, was I think kind Solaris of wasn't even the, it wasn't that, philosophy. No, that yeah, one. No, Stalker, Stalker is the only, <laughs> but, um, I think movies are better when they're just on, on, on solid ground. Yeah, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I really like certain parts of it though. I like certain scenes. I liked, uh, I thought our path's performance was good. I thought, I, think, I, think I thought was, all the performances yeah, were pretty they good. Were good. Yeah. Um, Mia is Goth was good in it, actually. I thought. But, is Juliette Binoche actually Foxy? She's uh, she's Foxy, and she knows it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the line. That's the worst line I've ever heard. <laughs> no, she's. Uh, <laughs> it's really bad. You know, she's she's good in it. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I the the whole thing was just really. 
it feels like one of these films where you have an auteur at the helm and she's got an idea about what the theme of the film is and there's really no reason for it to be in space mm. and like you could act you could get to the core of what the meaning is of the movie better if it weren't in space it's almost like a distraction oh. especially since they didn't have the budget to make it look like they were in space yeah it would almost be better if they were like underwater or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Like it'd be more believable. I don't know. Like Sequest. Yeah, like Sequest, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Or uh C Lab twenty twenty one. Yeah. JR, what'd you think about this movie? <laughs> uh I'm no longer really ready to like go into it, but I liked it a good bit. Um, um I liked Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I liked the look of the film. The dogs made me really upset. Um See, I don't even know what that means. That's all I got. The what dogs? Were there dogs in the movie? What are you talking about? What dogs? You don't remember the? You don't remember the dogs? No. You don't remember the spaceship with the dogs? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they dock with the other spaceship. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. (laughs) Dude, I don't know. It's been a long time. (laughs) It's been like a month for me already. So. (laughs) Well, what did you end up giving it, Jonathan? I gave it a three. I gave it a three also. JR? I gave it a four. I have it near the top of my list for the year. Mm, not that, that it's sucks. not that like this year the top sucks. Of my list is super strong. <laughs> yeah, this year blows, man. Uh, you know, it, I don't know if it blows. It but blows. It's... We'll get to it. The lighthouse. <laughs> the light. Oh yeah, when that comes out. Oh, in twenty twenty. You... <laughs> what, JR? John, have you already done Midsummer? No. I'm waiting on okay. you, bud, because we're gonna have it out, can't motherfucker. Wait. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> Anyway, I read uh, all the spoilers. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah. Good for you, bud. It's not. It's not worth your time. It's to, not to watch it, the it, film. It, I, la- <laughs> I laughed my ass off reading it. I laughed watching it. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, and we can debate whether or not that's on purpose, Jr. Uh, so I watched. Uh, I'm just gonna like really burn through these insanely quickly because I have nothing to say about them. Mm. I watched the Dirty Dozen for the first time. I didn't like it very much. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't like nearly as entertaining as I thought it was going to be. Mm. It's really fucking long. It's two and a half hours long. I watched Ikiru, the Kurosawa film, because they reviewed it on Jordan's podcast, and I wanted to go in and like watch it before I listened to his podcast, and I did. And uh, it was okay. Uh, it's just like one of these, you know, this. It feels like it would be made by like. ABC films or something <laughs> it was made today. <laughs> just God. very like heartfelt, like sappy shit. And I'm JR just, is dying. I just don't get it. I'm sorry, man. I'm just not like, I love certain old films a lot. And there are just a lot of them that are just bullshit. And I do not get it. Icaro is not bullshit, but it's like, I don't understand the like cock sucking of these films where, you know, it's it's just like i mean i don't the pacing in this movie is so fucking bizarre like the third act the hero is dead and it's just like his funeral and it's just the most boring shit on earth like you've taken away the most interesting character and now we're watching him in flashback i'm just not interested i don't know i gave it a three and a half i mean it's solid enough it's just not wasn't for me i watched um, i mean i think i only gave it a half star more than you. Well, it's not you like go. one of my favorite movies. No, right? I mean, I, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, on, on uh, the Film Shake podcast, they, of course, you know, four, four and a half or five each of them. So, any, you know, this, every movie what, they what watch, we, they what love. What are we? Just a film film Shake reaction podcast? Yes. Now? <laughs> that, that's that's just, my just job. Let it go. <laughs> that's my job. Let it go. <laughs> I, uh, finished, I finished watching Deadwood, uh, the three seasons, and then I watched the movie. 
um, from this year, mm-hmm. which I'll just say that Deadwood is a show that shoots itself in the foot by trying to be too accurate because their central villain is George Hurst, who's a real person. So they can't kill him because he doesn't uh, die in that way. Mm. Like he dies of old age in, you know, his home. So right, it's like right. you can't kill him and you want him to get t- killed really badly when you watch the third season and this movie. He's a piece of shit. He's like the worst human on earth. Um, so, yeah, that's a problem. But other than that, I mean, it was entertaining. It's fun to see the characters like years later. It's also really mm. depressing because uh, Ian McShane is like really fucking old and he looks like it and he doesn't sound like himself anymore. Uh, and uh, it's just kind of a bummer <laughs> watching yeah. the movie because he's not threatening anymore. Like in the show, he's so threatening, and in, yeah. the, in the movie, he's just like this doddering old man who's dying. And mm. I don't know. I watched. Uh, I think we're alone now, which I don't know that I haven't seen before. I think I might have watched it before, but it's on Amazon Prime. It's a documentary, and I really would highly recommend it. It's very short. It's like an hour and ten minutes long, and it's about two people who essentially are stalkers of the. Uh, Tiffany. He has a Tiffany who sings. Mm. I think we're alone now. Yeah, yeah. She's in the movie uh, quite a bit too. They like follow these huh. stalkers to like conventions where she is, and Jeez. they're like really delusional. They both think that they're like in love with her, and they think that she's in love with them, and it's insane. It is really, Whoa, wow. really, really crazy. So I gave that a four and a half. Check it out, and I'll I'll just seed over to uh, Jr. At this point, he's like, oh hi. Didn't see you. There. <laughs> I watched uh, Mike Lee's Peterloo, which um, yeah, they just added that to Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's like a historical doc, you know, not documentary, but docudrama. You know, trying to be a super mm. accurate portrayal of uh, a massacre in British history, and of course, I don't have my notes in front of me, and I forgot which massacre it is. Um, <laughs> The but I Peter love Mike Lou. Lee, and uh, <laughs> I I wish I had something more like educated sounding to say than it's <laughs> it's just it's boring as fuck, and um, it's so long, and I couldn't. This is the best. Podcast. I could not get into it, and uh, I know I sound like John right now. <laughs> fuck but... you, man! Oh, <laughs> uh, it was boring okay. as fuck. Kidding, kidding. Um, One out of five. It's you know like. I, I I would guess, not knowing much about this historical event, that Mike Lee does a really good job of uh, setting all the pieces up for this inevitable massacre, and then the like the last twenty five minutes are like the most harrowing thing I've seen this year. They are it's it is just uh, again it's like disturbing. It, you're watching all these soldiers just kill like random babies and women and and innocent men and it's just like holy shit because you're you're just seeing them slice people's like heads and arms and just like they're sitting on swords and the people are standing up and it's it is brutal and i wish that there was a good reason to watch the two hours before that happens Mm. but so just fast uh, forward to the ending is what you're saying (laughs) yeah okay we'll do no i this uh this movie deserves a lot more uh, probably deserves like a much more care than I'm giving it right now. But I, uh, I did not care. <laughs> I feel kind of bad about that, but, um, yeah, it's a three because of the end. Mm. Mm. We, the end bumps it up significantly. 
Cool. Kevin. So I rewatched Big Fish, directed by Tim Burton. Uh, probably his least weird movie. Um, it's all right. Um, I mean, yeah, there's no, like, I mean, it's fun, but they're like, I wouldn't say that this movie has a whole lot of substance to it. I mean, it's kind of like about dreams and like tall tales and everything, but like, I don't think you, I don't think you come away as like a richer person for believing in magic the way this movie seems to think that you're supposed to. Like, I mean, I think you could watch Hook and be much more emotionally affected by similar themes and come away feeling better about life than you do watching Big Fish. And it's not that anything in it is necessarily bad. It's just very... Hokey's not the right word, but... um. I don't know, it, like, disingenuous? Like, it's like, hey, believe in magic. <laughs> believe in magic and your and your life will be better. And, like, and the funny thing is, like, has anyone seen this movie? Do you mind if I spoil anything? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. We'll never see it. All right. <laughs> so, like, so... I, v- I value my time too much. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> so Albert Albert Finney plays the dad who's like telling telling all the tall tales and like seemingly making shit up for his entire life. And Billy Crudup plays his father. And like at the very beginning, like Finney is like taking over Crudup's we- wedding by telling by telling his fish tales. And like so. There's a scene at the end of this wedding where Crudup is, like, lecturing him on this, like, like, look, this was supposed to be my day, it was my wedding, and you completely take over by making it all about you with your stupid stories that you made up. And in the end, like, Finney is dying, and finally Crudup has a change of heart, and he's able to make up this fantastical tale about how his dad dies by, like... Going to the river and seeing all of his friends and, like, realizing that all of this stuff wasn't actually made up. It was real. Instead of his father just dying, sadly, in a hospital bed. Nice. The thing is, though, it totally proves Billy Crudup's point. All of this ends up being just about this one guy and his bullshit. So... Right. Yeah. So, so That's it's just the like, point, Kevin. I guess so. <laughs> I mean... Billy Crudup didn't deserve that. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what what does Billy Crudup deserve? I think he deserves a I little more know. credit for being better roles. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> guy's a good actor, man. Yeah, he is, and I feel like I feel like he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. I'm with that. Yeah, John. <laughs> All right, I. Uh... <laughs> I don't have anything else to talk about because I watched 13 fucking hours of Too Old to Die Young. Oh, yeah. And, uh, JR, we recorded a, a bonus episode that'll be up where we talk about Too Old to Die Young. Are you going to watch this, JR? I, Is the delay I don't that long? Know. Okay. I have no immediate plans to watch this show. You've seen Berlin Alexander Platt. It's Should like the I? same thing. Just watch it's, it. It's the same thing. I mean, it's the same link. 
Will you watch the first episode at least? Yeah, just give it a shot. Sure. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I watched the first episode. Good for you. I don't, I, watch, I, don't, I, just, yeah. I don't watch a ton of TV, guys. It's not TV. Watch, it's a 13-hour film. It's literally a 13-hour movie. Oh, I mean, what? You got so mad at people saying that about... I know, right? <laughs> I mean, take, take out the intro and exit, like, credits. It's... it's yeah, you I mean, could add, you could movie. string the whole thing it's together a like a film. <laughs> but yeah, so I wasted all that time watching that. So all right. Well, uh, I'll say that uh, I watched... Um, I'll just burn. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to burn through everything else, and then we can talk about Midsummer, okay? And then we'll be done. Yeah. I, then then I'll also be done. Good. Okay. I, I watched uh, Bergman's Shame from 1968. Uh, I really really Ooh. liked it. It's nice. uh, it's um, probably my second favorite Bergman film at this point. I really mm. want to watch more of his stuff. Yeah, I, I added like 20 of his movies to my queue on Criterion. Cool. Um, yeah, like I think like Bergman is one of those guys where like I think. If you just go with like Seventh Seal or Wild Strawberries, you're not really getting all of his real power. Yeah. I mean, he gets know. talked about a lot, but it's like yeah. pretty much everything I've seen has been pretty awesome, though. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of validated. He's good. So. Shame is good. You should check out Shame. It's really cool. good. Yeah. Shame. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Just amazing. Uh, but I mean, I'll, that being said, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I just really enjoyed it. I think it looks mm. really nice and it's acted incredibly what well. What year was it again? 68. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, I watched yesterday the uh, the Beatles Danny Boyle movie oh God. where the guy remembers the Beatles, and uh, you know it's was, all right. Was it fun? Yeah, it's kind of fun, but like not nearly. I can f- imagine it being somewhat fun. It wasn't funny enough. I, it was trying to be funny a lot and it just failing. And uh, it has this like really dry British humor throughout it, and it just doesn't really work for me. Mm. How does it end? How does it end? I'm never going to watch this. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for our audience. <laughs> and Jr. I know Jr. is going to watch it at some point, as much as he says he won't. At some point, I will watch this movie as <laughs> exactly. much as I hate to say that. Exactly. His wife is going to want to watch this movie one night. And All right, he's gonna you're going to have to tell me afterwards. Uh, no, but it's, I can uh, probably guess how it's going to end because it's fucking Richard Curtis. There's a uh, there's a really uh, interesting scene midway, well, three quarters of the way through the film that uh, features a something of an interesting cameo that you might be able to guess. Uh, I went I went from that and came home and watched A Hard Day's Night because I'd never seen it, and they added a bunch of Richard Lester films to Criterion Channel, mm. and. Uh, mm. It's just not, it's not, it's not for me. <laughs> it was kind of, uh, yeah, I, I found it a little boring, honestly, and it's really short. So I, I was just kind of <laughs> like, I, I, it's too much of the, this, <laughs> this, again, the dry British humor thing. It's just not my thing. I don't, and John Lennon trying to be funny is just annoying. I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> with something like that, I could, dare I say it, rule the world. Yeah, I'm not no yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for Criterion to release <laughs> yeah. help. So I re, I re, well, it's on the Criterion channel right now. Uh, it's another, oh, another another of those Lester films. Uh, speaking of Lester, I, I watched The Knack and How to Get It, which also won the Palm Door mm. in '65. And uh, I want to watch that this week. Yeah, it's on there, and uh, it's good. I mm. feel like on a rewatch, it would go up. Actually, it's got a lot of really interesting things to say. It's based on a play, apparently, and it's mm. like. Got some like really interesting, I don't know, uh, themes of like masculinity versus femininity and uh, sexism and stuff like that. I don't know. It's really pretty interesting and uh, a lot of really cool like camera tricks and visuals and interesting stuff that Lester is, I think, kind of known for. But um, yeah, then I watched uh, Straw Dogs because rewatched Straw Dogs because nice. of D Pan and Straw Dogs still rules. Four out of five. Uh, Dustin Hoffman is fucking great. Yeah. The rape scene is really hard to watch. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the house siege just is incredible. Scary. And uh, 
I watched um, Wicker Man because I'd never seen it. It's on Criterion Channel. Uh, I watched Midsummer and didn't like it. <clears throat> Spoiler for our discussion coming up in a few minutes. Uh, you like Wicker Man? So I wanted to watch Wicker oh, Man okay. and try it out, and it's mm. a, it's even worse. It's a piece of shit, and I do not understand uh. the love of this movie at all. It is amateur hour at its finest. It is awful. Awful. I've been meaning to rewatch it like forever because I remember watching it and being like, what? This isn't very good. The score is terrible. The plot makes no fucking sense. Like the way it wraps up and there's like this twist at the end, it makes absolutely. When you actually look back at the film and break it down, there is no reason these things should have happened the way they did. (laughs) It is absolutely absurd. Mm. The only thing, the only saving grace, the only reason I gave it a one out of five was uh, I thought Christopher Lee was a lot of fun in it. Apparently that was his favorite role. Yeah, I read that too. And like he did it for free. Yeah. Which I, I, it's, it's staggering. I, um, Oh, uh, I'm sorry, what, real quick. Now that, now that you've watched both those movies, I would like you to either watch for the first time or rewatch hot fuzz. I do want to rewatch hot fuzz. Yeah. Cause uh, both of those two movies, like apart from too. like Jackie Chan police movies, yeah. those were the two biggest influences on the movie. And Edward, whatever his name is, the guy who plays the cop in wicker man, he's mm-hmm. in, I know, uh, yeah, I know. Hot that. Fuzz, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've actually been meaning to rewatch Hot Fuzz for a long time because mm. uh, I've been hearing people praise it. The last thing uh, before Wicker, before um, Midsummer that I'll talk about is High Noon, which they also added to Criterion Channel. And it's uh. got the cool laser disc image on it. Um, Even Jordan hates this one. So, Jordan, yeah, I, re- I reread his review and he is so far off base on this thing. He said Gary Cooper was bad in it. Gary Cooper is great in this movie, man. <laughs> JR, are you Gary, not with me here? Gary Cooper is not the problem. I agree, but he says he is. He's like, he's what? like he's like I can't believe you won best actor for this. Oh. He's terrible. He's fucking yeah. great I mean, in it. I disagree with that. Yeah, I think he's terrific. I think all the acting was terrific across mm-hmm. the board. Maybe maybe uh Grace Kelly was like a little weak, but she but I mean only because it's like that classical, you know, yeah, damsel yeah. kind of acting that they have then. But I, I really, really enjoyed the film. She was she was super young for that too. Yeah. Mm. I really enjoyed the film. I know that uh JR had said that uh you don't like it because it's all allegory, right? Yeah. I don't that's, that's I don't understand that criticism because to me Johnny Guitar is it, the allegory in Johnny Guitar is way more on the nose than it is in that this is way more subtle than Johnny Guitar. It like him Go ahead. him like doing this whole thing by himself and like no one wanting to help him just yeah. like doesn't make any sense for this like small town. And and then like why would he care so much to like make sure these guys get off the train and like don't do something wrong it it's the it right thing to do jr system. he's just a classic archetype right. hero though it's that's, just like the right it. thing to do <laughs> but i mean that's it that is it that's like the classical i mean he's a he's like a it's bad on purpose <laughs> it's not bad i don't know i i i i completely believed all of his motivations and i believe the motivations of the town because they're all such cowards and they're afraid of mm. they they build up the the uh, main bad guy who doesn't arrive until the end. They build him up so much throughout the film that like, I totally believe they're all terrified of him more than they want to help the sheriff. I really like the, in fact, for, for instance, the one character who says that he will help the sheriff or the marshal, but then like backs out when he finds out there is nobody else helping. 
Like that's that's good stuff. That was a good scene, and I love how Gary Cooper handles it. He's just like you know, do what you got to do. Like he's not he doesn't get mad at anybody. He doesn't judge anybody. He's always just like you know, well, if I'm going alone, I'm going alone. And then he does go it alone, and he fucking annihilates him. It's so good. <laughs> and the gun the gunfight at the end is so good for especially for a '50s western. The gunshots. This is a sin of a lot of movies, even now. When you fire a gun on screen and you get the little wisp of smoke and it doesn't feel powerful. This movie, every gunshot is like fucking yeah, like, like earth shattering. It's just like there's so much smoke and it's so loud. It's it's amazing. I really enjoyed the the, the shootout, especially when he spoiler. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, Gary Cooper's going to win. He kills the main guy. He shoots him twice. That's so good. Like, I feel like normally. I mean, it's, awful. it seems like a small thing. Normally, <laughs> shut up. It seems like normally he'd shoot him. He shoots somebody once, but he like shoots him and then he shoots him again right after, like immediately. It's wow. Just, it kicks so much ass. It's a really good movie. Uh, I might check it out. You got to watch this. It's on the thing. Criterion channel, he's Yeah. Mm. Cool. It's good. I am definitely in the small minority opinion. I know. And I. <laughs> I, I don't didn't know realize, what Jordan's talking about with the performances, though. I don't either, because I mean, I was like, I was shocked mm. when I read it. After I was like, dude, Gary Cooper is great in this, and uh, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I really, it's insanely short too. It's like eighty nine minutes long. Oh, mm. nice! It's really, really great. I mean, right. it's very tight, tightly made, really well made. And the girl who's in it, the uh, Hispanic actress whose name I can't recall, she's really good in it too. Anyway, I think she was in um, One Eyed Jacks also. But that's right. uh, that's it for me, except midsummer. for midsummer. Let's talk midsummer. All right. So before I go into midsummer, I I did some research on myself. Um, How do you research and, yourself, Jr.? You Google. Google well, your name? I was like, <laughs> no, I, I did like a, an, I, I looked at like an IMDb list of the folk horror genre. Yeah. And I found that uh, I rate folk horror movies very high. Okay. I, I turn. It turns out I just like this uh, cult ritual stuff because I like the Wicker Man, I like sauna, I like Witchfinder General, I like the Witch, I like, and you I know, like the Witch a lot. All those movies are very. All those movies are very different, but they all feature this like very, like old timey, uh, like cult magic shit, and uh, and sometimes not magic, but just culty stuff set in like weird communities and it uh it tends to work for me but um i liked midsummer and you do not let's uh let's hear why fight why i didn't like it um okay well just to okay there's like a lot of things that i didn't (laughs) like about it and it was i I was I i was wanting it to uh come back around and i felt like it would i was like in the last there's gonna be like the last 20 minutes of this movie that i'm gonna absolutely love and it's gonna wreck my entire score and i'm gonna have to give it like a three and a half because i didn't like the first half but i like the ending or something but it never happened it just gets worse and worse and uh for me and uh so just starting with the conceit of the film like this uh the relationship at the heart of the film the girl and the um, the fellow uh I, I'm not a fan of this relationship and not in the way that like the director wants you to not be a fan of it. He wants you to, you know, think this guy's a piece of shit. I agree. He's a piece of shit, but like, I just don't, because he's a piece of shit. I really don't care about their relationship. I don't understand what this girl is doing. I understand, uh, you give her this, 
motivation of her entire family is dead. That's not a spoiler. It happens in the first five minutes. But it's like it's such a goofy way to start the movie. Like it's it's over the top dark. The way, especially the way that the family dies, is so ridiculous. Like not okay. Not even the idea that they asphyxiate. Okay. That's fine. Not even the idea that the girl asphyxiates everybody. That's fine. The fact that she duct tapes the hose around her head <laughs> and breathes so she has the hose like down her throat to get the exhaust into her lungs is the stupidest fucking image. I, I, it's the dumbest way to... I, I was instantly out. Right when that happened, I was like, this is the stupid... This is like, let's be shocking. It felt like a Von Trier move or something. <laughs> I was like, this is not so, the level of taste that I come to expect from the director of Hereditary. <laughs> like, that's, that's where I was at. Well, there was I mean, nothing that ludicrous in Hereditary. You uh, had to one-up Hereditary. You're right. And, but and that's the beginning that of the ludicrousness. Is, oh, boy. That's the beginning. <laughs> so, I I mean, I disagree with you about the prologue in, uh, in an extreme way because... Like I, I hate this relationship for the way that Ari Aster wants me to hate it. Yeah, it's not that Jack Rayner is a piece of shit, but he he is. Yeah, and it's like we're seeing the end of a relationship, or what should be the very end of a relationship, but then like this tragedy happens, and like there's no way out of it, and you can like see that in his face when like he shows up and like hugs her. Yeah, when she's just bawling and wants to die, it's a uh, it's like a really tricky thing, and I, and it's a tricky thing that I felt like was relatable. I feel like I've, I've known that couple before. No, absolutely. Like where one really wants to get out. Yeah, and I don't want to say that like, like that all felt very real. I agree, and I, I not, like not I, the asphyxiation. No, I, I agree. The, the relationship part of it. I don't have a problem with the relationship in general. I have a problem with the relationship existing in this movie. If the movie were about that relationship, which it purports to be, and all the critics seem to think it is then that would be an interesting movie. But this movie's not about that relationship. It just has that relationship in the background while you've got, you know, the Wicker Man 2.0 playing out in the <laughs> foreground. And it's a it's a very See, generic that, horror movie playing out while this relationship is in the background. They're trying to connect it. And I just it just doesn't work for me. It's but it's like it's not even this is the kind of thing where I go like it's not even really a horror movie, even though it definitely is a horror movie. But it's like every plot beat is so like telegraphed oh yeah nothing is surprising oh yeah that that i'm focusing i'm focusing on the weird character dynamics and i'm focusing on the way he's shot the movie and i'm focusing on uh like the trippy stuff that i really liked but it, it, when i say trippy stuff i mean the way he filmed drug trips yeah like the background moving i and really stuff. yeah Yes, and like the like the flower crown, like the flower that's like pulsing oh, at right. you. It's, yeah, that, uh, was, that was yeah. That I mean, with my very very limited <laughs> drug experience, up. that's like the closest closest to tripping I've ever seen, like portrayed in a movie. Okay, which I enjoyed, uh, but so you like I I was wrapped up in the relationship, and I was wrapped up in a, you know, this weird redhead, and and then I also just like the weird obviously culty definitely like nefarious commune yeah i mean that's that the we, thing that we know it is from like Ex the first second we see it yeah obviously we do and that's that's another i feel like that's that's an issue that i have with it is that i mean obviously the commune is evil and is going to kill them all 
like you know that going into it it's a horror movie and i mean even watching the trailer you know that's gonna happen there's like imagery in the trailer with blood and the guy with the hammer and everything the dis this the deformed kid or what you know so it's like obviously you know some bad shit's gonna happen and they've got these you know typical of a horror movie disposable characters like will poulter just hanging out and being an idiot and you know, he's going to die. He's like a, one of the camp counselors in a, in a Jason movie, you know, and he's making stupid jokes and the people hate him there and they're obviously going to kill him first, you know, (laughs) and you've got the other disposable, the people from Britain who are obviously going to die, you know? And so it's like, it's, I agree it's telegraphed and it, but it's like, I don't, that's not a good thing to me. It's like, it's telegraphed in the way that it's like a very generic horror movie. It's like a slasher film, except everybody in the community is a slasher <laughs> or they're, you know, a conspiracy of slashers and there's just, and almost everybody dies off screen, which yeah makes it a pretty boring slasher. I agree. And the <laughs> stuff that like the stuff where they, they are trying to shock you with the, the situation and the violence is just not, it doesn't well one for one thing it doesn't look good the uh suicide scene with the old people that shit looked terrible like it looks awful and they're obviously trying to shock you with how extreme it is and like they their face hits the rock and it like explodes and there's blood everywhere I mean, it's just the stupidest shit i was like that's that's when it really 100 percent lost me during that scene because i was like I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling right now. Is this supposed to be shocking to me? Because this is not shocking. It just looks terrible. Yeah. And it's obvious this was going to happen from 10 minutes ago when they were talking about it. And then we have to sit through this entire ceremony where I'm like, yeah, I know what they're doing. Let's get to it. <laughs> like, obviously, they're going to commit suicide. Let's watch it. And then there, it's like there's a guy standing with a hammer. Obviously, he's going to beat one of them to death. Let's see it. Right. You know? I, I just it just just get it, it over with. Portraying this is like I don't, a, like a key. I don't know skin. why the characters. <laughs> it was just very I frustrating. I don't know how the characters were surprised by the guy hitting right the guy who didn't die with the hammer because it's like we all see the guy with the hammer. Yeah. What else could this giant mallet? <laughs> yeah, <look>? the giant <laughs> mallet. And it's like the... also like well, they made, William Jackson Harper made it clear he knew what it was. Like, yeah, he knew this like estupan or whatever was going to be like a suicide ritual. I mean the the guy so weird. is that is that the is that the Swedish guy? No, that's uh, the black guy. The guy from the good place. Okay, well the Cheaty the, the Swedish guy. guy even I mean he hints at it in like the scene before that he talks yeah. about how they have the seasons of their life and it ends at seventy two and it, and then he even does like the 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 neck thing like you know they die at seventy two and it's like well yeah obviously they're gonna kill them he, it's like but the then lottery he laughs. you know he laughs like it's a joke yeah but you know that it's not but because we, you're watching a horror film <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't know that's it drove me insane and then the the just the length of the movie how I mean you're an hour in when that happens and it's like you got an hour and a half left I was just, I was, I was really, man, I was super disappointed. I was just like, I, I got to get out of here. <laughs> this thing is just dragging. And then all this stuff, I, I feel like it becomes, I mean, speaking of Will Poulter, there's a definite like com like comic relief in this movie. There's like a lot of comedy in it. And I don't know which parts are, I know that Will Poulter is supposed to be funny and there are other parts that are supposed to be funny, but I don't understand that. Like the sex scene at the end, is that supposed to be funny? Cause it is ridiculously goofy. <laughs> uh, I, I read it as in partially intentionally funny and then also partially just meant to be weird. Yeah. And then that weird came off as goofy. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I feel like um, Jack Rayner's performance in almost all of the scenes where he has to act like he doesn't know what's going on. 
he's got this super goofy look on his face and it's just like he's bad he he's bad <laughs> man i do not I, buy it I, I tried to give rainer the benefit of the doubt for a, for a good portion of this movie i definitely at the end of it like he was probably my least favorite performance in the movie. Oh, far and away for me also. <laughs> he's awful. And the, the even the last scene when he's uh, every everything from when he gets paralyzed on is like his the look on his face is so ridiculous. I can't stop staring at him and I'm like giggling inside <laughs> cuz I'm just like why does he look this way? Like what is the director telling him that makes him want to make this face? It's ridiculous. And the whole like I don't know, it just felt like at at the end of it, they were you know he was like just jerking off on camera, man. Just like let's let's fill this, let's load it up with crazy imagery. Mm. Let's put her in a giant flower costume. Let's have this weird you know uh, a frame house full of dead carcasses that are dressed up, and it's just, it's just so like it was just oh, a stimulation overload, man. And the it all culminates with that that image of the one guy burning and how the fire is just burning him. And he's like screaming his lungs out. And it's like, I don't want to see this. Like, this is not, <laughs> there's no part of me that thinks that, it's not even disturbing. It's just like, it's like abrasive. Like, I don't want to watch a guy burn to death and scream into the camera because he's burning to death. That's not disturbing. It's just fucking annoying. Like, don't do <laughs> like, I don't need to watch. I don't want this in my head. Yeah. And it's not like in hereditary where at, at the end of hereditary, there were things where like, <laughs> Uh, there there were things I didn't want in my head from Hereditary too that were very disturbing but it's like I didn't know about them until after the movie and then I had to think about it and I was like Jesus Christ this is a disturbing movie this movie it feels like they're like yeah I you know I'm gonna disturb the audience here mm. I know what's gonna freak them out and the shit that he chooses just doesn't it just doesn't work I don't know it didn't, just didn't work for me mm. and apparently he's got a three hour cut coming out I'm, I'm <laughs> out man I do not I get I it don't, I don't think I need that yeah um mm. The last 20 minutes are also my least favorite part because, I mean, it kind of abandons the relationship stuff. And yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Like, just the way it ends, like, the it's the way we knew it would end, but he doesn't do inter- anything interesting besides showing everyone burning and putting Jack Rayner in a, a bear skin. Oh, my God. Like, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's not even, I mean, I feel like the film, I mean, I'll say this for it. Like Ari Aster is a good director. Like he knows how to direct the scene and he, he composes beautiful shots and, uh, the film looks good, you know, but even in the end there, I feel like his direction is lackluster. Like he's not, it feels like it'd be more powerful to just put them in the room and burn the room and see the burning building. Like I'd have been more disturbed by that than watching a guy burn to death. Um, you know, and it's just, I, I can't. I mean, subtlety goes a long way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And there, there's also like no, there's no like strong feeling I have. And I'm sure you didn't have it either. Like when you know that Florence Pugh picked Jack Rayner. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I mean, whatever. exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> who else, who else is she going to pick? <laughs> right. Some, some rando guy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like that's the, I think he thinks that that's like the catharsis of the film. Oh, she picked him. She chose him to die. And that's her asserting that, that her power in the relationship or something. But it's like, yeah, by that, at that point I could give a fuck, mm. you know, it's like, I definitely I, should have just broken up. 
Yeah, they I would also I, like. I would have loved a film about their relationship. Because, yeah, well, and like I don't like. You know, I like that she like knows that Jack Rayner is having sex with that uh, the cult girl. Yeah, but like. And I like that reaction, like where where all the like flower maids are mirroring mirroring her emotions at okay, her. Okay, I hated that it, too. That was also weird. <laughs> no, I hated that. Um, but I hear you. <laughs> but there was a, I don't know. It's like I, I it's like Jack Rayner also was drugged and like didn't know what he was doing, and uh, she should have just probably broken up with him he, and maybe he, not. He ate, him for he, death. he drank her pubes. He had to fuck her. Right. Yeah, yeah. He had multiple love spells thrown at him. Yeah. Spells. <laughs> so uh, I, I, it didn't work for me. I, uh, I gave it. A, it didn't work for me on the level of, I need to rewatch Hereditary to make sure I'm not wrong about that movie. Oh, like wow. I'm like I'm worried that that's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> but uh, I gave it a you, two. You should not worry. Well, I gave Midsummer a two. What'd you give it? I gave it a four. Really, really enjoyed almost everything up to the last 20 minutes fair enough mm. kevin you have more one more okay go ahead <sighs> excuse me uh rewatched black swan uh not very good um nothing that i like hated about the movie but natalie portman's not very good mila kunis isn't very good uh vincent cassell is probably the best actor in the movie oh, yeah. but hit but his part is pretty much just your standard uh unbearable theater director and who's trying to fuck it, fuck everybody um <laughs> like, it doesn't go like you do yeah uh it doesn't go nearly far enough into anything to make it worth anything. Uh, like her perceived mental illness doesn't explore that enough. The relationship with her mom doesn't explore that enough. Um, the whole thing with Mila Kunis and the jealousy and like the, um, the, uh, the I mean, the sex scene isn't even very good. Like hey, she's not doing very hey. much. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. It's not good. Mila Kunis though. Come on. Eh, she's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, woman. I mean, uh, yeah, and the whole, uh, like, uh, Winona Ryder is wasted in this movie. Um, yeah, it's just not good. <sighs> two, two and a half. I mean, obviously. That sounds about right. No, strongly disagree. It's very, right. it's very, very good. No, it isn't. You are <laughs> wrong. This is this is classic Kevin anti-Aronofskyism. He hates the wrestler because the wrestler isn't like wrestling. <laughs> You hate this movie because it doesn't go in depth enough with the psychosis or whatever. Yeah, because it's <laughs> because it's bullshit and it's his handicam buffoonery. Is he mother? No. Okay. This is it though. He doesn't like any movie that has handheld camera that Aronofsky does. He loved the fountain. The fountain is different. <laughs> the fountain is a masterpiece. Yeah, the fountain is great. Man. You need to rewatch Requiem Mother and let us good. know. You'll Mother, love it because no hate. handheld camera in that movie. I hated Requiem when I first saw it, so I'm not. I'm not. Per- You'll anticipating. love it this time. Because <laughs> you'd be like, it's, it's so much better a, than the wrestler. It's time for a Noah rewatch. Oh yeah, Noah too. You like Noah? <laughs> Haven't yeah. seen it. Oh, God, you got to check no. that one out. That's got like half handheld That's and a half flaming pile of shit. I don't know. He's just such a. His movies are just so fucking pretentious. 
Like, like he wants, like he's, he's he wants so much to be the art house goon I that he not, thinks he is. I do not see the wrestler is not a pretentious movie at all. Oh, it is. Like it is not. Dude, when was the last time you watched the wrestler? A year and a half, two years ago. <laughs> you, you seen and a half dozen. What times. didn't you like about Mother? <laughs> <laughs> Mother, I could see the argument of pretentiousness. <laughs> I don't for the wrestler. The wrestler is such a bare bones like. Essentially, like it's, a it's, docu it's drama. Just, it's just a movie. It's just like a yeah. It's like a because it like uh, it purport, yeah. like it purports to know something about wrestling, which you love. So therefore, oh, it's pretentious. I see, I see. I see. Right. That makes sense. Well, I'm yeah, because I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you I'm sure you watch Mr. Holland's Opus and like uh, it's okay. This isn't really how teachers are, but no, whatever. it's not because I don't I'm not a, I don't define myself as being a teacher. But like you define yourself as being a wrestling fan. Well, like, what, which is fine. What's what's something that you have you a genuine a passion over and that you know a lot about? I mean, I think there are films like I, I can't think of them. But I'm sure there are films that I have had that similar reaction to, where it's like. But I feel like you have to. Are you are you aware that that's the reaction you're having, or do you think that it's not? Like, do you what? know? Do you know that you don't like the wrestler because you like wrestling, or do you think that it's because you, you the wrestler is genuinely a bad movie? Both. Okay. <laughs> No, see, that's that's the thing. Like, yes, like I have problems with it because it purports to be a movie about wrestling and it doesn't go nearly. See, that's the thing. Like, once you know enough about us, like, like I was talking to my girlfriend last night about like, if I tried to get you guys to watch like Apollo 13, Jonathan over here would be like, "Eh, this is fucking bullshit. Like Like Johnny Guitar, Johnny Guitar. He what? was not playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same thing, though. It kind of is, but like, but like, you know enough about space and like how how it goes. Yeah, but that, that you, wouldn't you would I mean, be like. But that's not yeah. the thing that defines. It would be more like it'd be more like this. And I think I just thought of one that works for both of us actually, uh-huh. which is something like um, one of these movies that has like super surface level philosophy in it. Like we hate that shit, right? I mean, I know I do. Like whenever they yeah, have I mean, like a movie where it's like. Like the even like the Matrix or something, like an Aronofsky movie. Yeah, or where, <laughs> where, where you try to where you try to read some kind of deep philosophical message in it, and like these people who don't know shit think that it's a deep message, but yeah. it's really just a surface like one hundred and one level bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. Matrix. It's not a thin red yeah. line or anything. Yeah. yeah, it's not the thin red line where there's a really <laughs> deep Heideggerian message in that movie. You know, <laughs> being towards death. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I understand. I mean, so that's not, all I'm saying is that you yeah. have to, like as, as long as you're self aware of it. And that you, yeah, because otherwise like, you come off like an idiot, right? Because you'd be like, "Well, yeah, of course, oh, this movie sucks." But I mean, you don't really know like, why. Like in defense of like something like Mother, though, like it is pretty surface level. But like, I, it was fun to watch. Well, I don't it's, know, sur- like, it's surface <laughs> level. But the thing I about Mother makes... is like it just like once it goes, it just goes off the fucking rails. That's, like I think immediately, that was the, and it just kind of keeps the point, going though. and going and going. The wrestler, the wrestler is totally the wrestler is such a normal like run of the mill movie to me. Yeah, and so like what? So I don't I don't, I don't see what's good about. I mean, it's a Actually, typical it's a, sports it's a dra- movie. I don't feel it's a sports movie at all, but it's a it's a good drama that has well acted it's and a well made. Drama. Uh, I mean, like, well, like here here's the thing. Like a long time ago, I read the Chronology of Water by Lydia Yuknovich, and okay. it's about this woman talking about her experiences growing up and dealing with a lot of the shit that happened in her life, like a lot of like. Emotional abuse, some rape, some drug abuse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, it gets to a point where, like, okay, how many of the same stories can you see before you're not affected by anything that's going on? 
Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, so let's let's jump right into our uh, our yeah. deep dive right. here, <laughs> since Jr. has Thanks a hard for that out. insight, Kevin. Jr. was late, and now he has to leave early. Uh, <laughs> it's been a it's been a really strange day. I'm sorry, guys. All right. Well, let's talk about Kevin's pick, which is uh, Sling Blade from yes. 1996, directed and written by Billy Bob Thornton, mm. um, starring Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Dwight Yoakam, and the guy, the kid who's in uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Right. I don't and know. who else? And JT Walsh. And, oh, uh, John Ritter. John Ritter, who I have lots of things to say about. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, Jim uh, Why don't yeah. you uh, tell us why you Jim picked Jim this Jim movie Jim. and what what do you think about it? Well, I chose it primarily. Like I've been meaning to watch it again. Nobody else had rated it on Letterbox. Like I think you had rated it at or like you. Had I've, I've seen it. Watched, yeah, but, but I've never. I didn't. But rate like it. nobody yeah. else had like rated it. I so watched I was, it like, when I was like eighteen or something. Yeah, right. Like yeah, I figured this would be something that could be talked about as far as interesting movies um so yeah it's about billy bob thornton plays this guy who killed his mother and a classmate of his that was having sex with his mother with uh, a sling blade some people call it like a kaiser blade he calls it a sling blade um and it's based off a short film that Thornton wrote and somebody else directed George Hickenlooper. Yes. Um, which had Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Which I was surprised at. She's had to have been better than the girl they got to do the, uh, the job in this of interview. She's yeah, awful. That, that just terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's finally getting out because the state is releasing him because they can't keep him any longer. And he goes and becomes friends with a kid whose mother is in an abusive relationship with Dwight Yoakam. And um, then it goes from there, and it's kind of this character study of this friendship between this, well, we can't say the R word, so mentally disabled. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you I can't really if racking my brain. You can if you're Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. He says that a lot. Yeah, it says, yeah, it says it a whole lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, what did... Uh, like I know how I felt about it, but uh, how did everybody else feel? I didn't watch it. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Jonathan that's right. didn't watch that's right. it. I forgot. That's right. Jared, it's just me and you, bud. Uh, well, I'll <laughs> say, uh, I'll say this is only my second time watching I've it. I've seen it before, though. I, mean, I have right. a, I have a, a mildly interesting story about how I watched it the first time, which is that we went on a road trip with my mother and her husband at that time, and uh, it was like 2002 or three, and uh, I watched it on a. TV VCR combo in the back seat. Oh, killer. Oh, yeah, interesting. For the first time. And I remember liking it quite a bit. Mm. Uh, but now I see things in it that I didn't understand back then. Uh, things that make it very Sundancey. And I don't <laughs> like those things. Uh, the score is probably first and foremost on there on that list. It's, it's pretty damn bad. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> It's really bad. Way it's bad. Very, very like uh, lilty, and it reminds me of a Clint Eastwood score. It's like the scores that he like mm. writes himself and stuff that are just very like hopeful and silly, and I don't know, like I, yeah. So that kind of thing really takes me out of the movie. Mm. Um, I overall, I mean, I didn't hate the movie. I think that uh, Billy Bob's performance is a little grating and distracting over time. Yeah, and. I but I but will is, is that yeah is that just because we know Billy Bob Thornton 
Like, if you had seen this in 1996 no. or 5 or whatever, would that have been yeah. the same case? I think that he disappears into the role pretty successfully, actually. I never really thought about him being Billy. I had to, like, actively think, like, oh, yeah, that's Billy Bob Thornton. Right. I, I think he sinks into the role pretty well. I just find his voice annoying. Like, I mean, the the yeah, the okay. way that he's – and I can't – the thing that I realized about halfway through it was that I can't reconcile that with – my actual experience like i've never met anyone who speaks that way i've mm-hmm. met people who are hicks who talk yeah. with a really heavy accent but they're never so gravelly and i was like i was like i don't understand what's making his voice that gravelly and there's no explanation of it really so yeah like i get that he's slow and you know mentally unstable or, or yeah uh, you know low iq but i don't i just didn't understand like why he was speaking the way he was speaking other than to make the character like very unique well i think like like the only explanation I could think of is like they like his family keeps him in a shed for most of his yeah, life, so he yeah. probably has like severe pulmonary problems. Good double bill with the Enigma of Casper Hauser, maybe. Oh, maybe. I don't could know. I mean, Enigma is obviously going to be much far better. Yeah. Film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I there the, the, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. There's just things like that that are a little distracting, and I mean, mm. I was just surprised at how kind of conventional the narrative was, but. Having said that, I will say that I appreciated some of his directorial touches, like the the way that he shot certain scenes, like really long takes, and uh, everything seems like it's uh, like I, I read that that he never shot the mother in close up because he was like it's he what did he say he said something like um I just like the fact that he had an explanation for it he was like he said mm-hmm. something like that you know you never you're never going to get to know her because it's She's being surrounded by all these people who are, you know, protecting her from Dwight Yoakam and Dwight Yoakam is abusing her. And so it's never like you can't get that close to her or whatever. And I was like, that's an interesting, you know, rationalization for never shooting her in close up. And I kind of liked how all the scenes were, you know, like medium two shots of people talking. And it's just very like a simple way to shoot the movie. Mm. I really enjoyed specifically some of his like conversational setups, like with the two shots, like when the band comes over. Yeah. Yeah, and like each member of the band has their own distinct shot, and it's pretty much the only way you see them. Right. Like every time he cuts to the drummer of the band, who doesn't speak very much, I kind of just chuckled. <laughs> yeah. Because his shot is just like dead on. He's facing the camera. It's just yeah. it's a little jarring, but in a funny way. I mean, I find like anything that, and also, I mean, it's an easy, obviously. It feels obvious to say it, but like anything with Dwight Yoakam, Dwight Yoakam's obviously one of the more interesting or or or, or easy to watch characters in the movie. He's like because he's a, it's a very flashy performance, you know. But I feel like Do he you does. Think? No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Mine, mine's kind of a tangent. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that. Like, I feel like uh, it's flashy, but he's also like he plays it really well. Like he's he's quite good in the film. And uh, oh yeah, he he's he's I like the the way they play the character as subtly abusive. With, like, these spikes of actual abuse, you know? Yeah, yeah, But that he's also, like, a coward. He also won't do anything if he's confronted by violence. Like, right. when the kid starts yeah, the kid, throwing like, bottles him at him and shit. Yeah. yeah. He just takes it and then he leaves, you know? Like, and you expect, like, wow, this guy's going to beat the shit out of this kid and kill everybody. But then he's just, he, you know, he's just a coward. He's not going to do anything. You know, he's all talk, which I, I thought that was really interesting. An interesting way to play it. The, like, the inevitable showdown between... uh Thornton and Yoakum is one of my favorite scenes, even though I don't like, I don't like how quickly we get there in this long movie. Yeah. But, uh, I, I love the way Yoakum acts in that, uh, though. I, I don't know if we're there yet, but I also, um, 
I, I don't know. Do you guys think that Dwight Yoakam isn't a good enough actor to play guitar poorly? Because when he <laughs> when he's on the the porch, when he's on the porch with his band, he never strums that guitar. He's just holding it. <laughs> like, and the band's supposed to suck. Could he just not suck? <laughs> he's just like, I'm too good, man. I can't fake it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good what do you what do you guys think of dwight yokum as an actor i mean besides this film like you know panic room and whatever else i need i've been meaning to watch panic room again for like a long long time i remember thinking he was good in that i really like him in panic room yeah um i mean he was good in um uh crank oh yeah he's a crank i forgot <laughs> yeah that. yeah he was he was fun sure was wow. yeah yeah <laughs> I really uh, <laughs> I saw a film that he directed a uh, western called South of Heaven West of Hell. Have you guys seen this movie? No, but I think I remember you talking about it. Actually, I why not watch it recently? I might have oh. mentioned it on the show. Oh, okay. But uh I remember it being good and him being good in it. It's mm. been a long time since I've seen it. Vince Vaughn is in it, so. Oh. But uh yeah, I don't know. I I I like him. I thought speaking of acting in the film, I mean personally I found the most like the best acting in the film was John Ritter. Oh, he's fantastic. I loved him. I was like shocked at how good he was. Yeah, like, like he's him, really him and JT Walsh for like the five yeah, JT total Walsh, minutes. That was just that was just annoying because I wanted him to be in the movie more. And I yeah, like, yeah. I mean in the beginning and the end. You know? Yeah. I man, I watched that <laughs> opening scene with JT Walsh and I was like I, I couldn't decide if this was just like the most writerly bullshit I'd ever heard <laughs> or if it was really good. And I decided after watching it again that it's really good. I think it's good because of the context of the way, like I agree it's writerly because it would be writerly if they were on the outside talking about that. And that's the way that guy was speaking, but because they're all mentally, they have mental problems. I feel like it reads I, better. I love the way he pulls up the chair and like, just acts like he's already started this conversation. Like he starts in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. Like uh, he talks about like that Chevy was a nice car like that. Kind of thing. Was, uh... He was talking to him last week about it. That probably you know, it's like just continuing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's he's he's good man. He's uh, definitely feel the loss man. JT mm. Walsh, but and John, but John Ritter, I, you just never think of John Ritter as being like a like an actor because he's such a he's a comic actor. You know, he comes from TV and he was he ended on TV also and. Mm. Uh, and he, you know, his most famous role is probably like the problem child movies, you know? So it's like, it's weird to see him in something where he's actually like doing some heavy emotional lifting and he's, uh, I don't know. He's just got some really good scenes where he, I, I like the, I like his character. I like that. He cares about this woman when there's really like no reason outside of their friendship because he's gay. So obviously he's not into her or anything like that. It's just like, he genuinely cares about her and the kid. I just, I, I don't know. I felt that was really good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Can could you guys see the potential of future star of Tokyo Drift Lucas Black in this film? <laughs> I thought he was good. I I mean I think I don't I like think he's amazing, but I thought mm. that uh he's better than most child actors, I would feel like. I mean I think they got a good kid to play. I think he played it better than a lot of other kids would have played it. Yeah. I'd agree. I think that the scene when he lack of a better word, beats up Dwight Yoakum yeah. is good. He he pulls that off. Yeah. Like I think this like it the movie is definitely too long by like an hour. Um and I think the strongest thing it has going for it is the performances. But it's yeah, the the way like the way the plot is like drawn out and 
Um, just, yeah, just the fact that it takes yeah. too long and tries to get like, like, like too like, yeah, Oscarbation. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like uh, well, overly precious. I would, I would say mm. at parts of it. I mean, it just feels more like like, I, and I I wrote this in my my two word summary on my letterbox, which nobody liked, and I don't I don't get. It. I thought it was very clever. Forrest Gummo. <laughs> I did not see that. How good that is, is that? Very clever. <laughs> I thought it was very. Cl- I was expecting <laughs> multiple likes from you guys, it. and I got nothing on that. But uh, I thought it was yeah, because it's like he's like Forrest Gump, but he's in like Gummo territory because it's there's all these weird like redneck characters yeah. and stuff, and uh, even though the mother of the child is kind of like the mother of the weird kid with the bacon <laughs> on the wall in Gummo. Uh, but um, Harmony Korine's a genius. I will say that I had a really dis- disturbing memory of one of the scenes in this movie that wasn't the same at all, mm. which is the Robert Duvall scene. I had remembered it being a, a wide shot of a room covered in trash, every, trash everywhere, and he was sitting in a chair at the far end in his underwear, just like tidy whities and just like filthy because he hadn't bathed, and that was the scene. Right. But in the movie, it's not like that at all. <laughs> he's like sitting in a <laughs> normal amazing. house. He's like in long johns and he's talking uh, to an imaginary dog, apparently. Yeah. That's a much better idea. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> being way more, way more creepy and disturbing, you know? But I, I, I didn't mind that scene. I kind of I like the idea of him confronting his father. Mm. I hated the baby stuff, like him talking about his baby brother and. Yeah, like, like I, I that, like that was that, that was overly creepy. I, I was like, like, that's the kind of thing I don't need to see or hear about. I don't know, and I feel like it wouldn't have bothered me before I had a kid. But like, that's just too much. Like, I can't handle all this. Like, no, I I buried the kid alive <laughs> and all this kind of shit. Right, you're getting uh, you're getting so sensitive. <laughs> I am. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't watch guys burn to death, and I can't hear about babies being buried alive. Uh, that's brutal. I'll uh, I'll say this. I thought. Uh, like when you guys told me that we were watching Sling Blade, I was just like, I'm gonna give it a one because <laughs> I was I was pretty certain that this was just gonna be like a slightly darker Forrest Gump. Yeah. And I, I was pleasantly surprised to find that it is not that. Like even even if it is like definitely a nineties Sundance thing, it's like you know, I can appreciate like these quiet moments of uh of Thornton's character finding himself like in this like kind of like charming sweet way um and then like there are some really they're really good scenes it's uh it's not just dark forest gump I'm or happy. or forest gummo as i say right or or yeah i don't talk about gummo <laughs> anyway well um i mean ratings i'm going three <laughs> Jonathan, what would your, me- your rating be on a, on a, on a probably like a two and a half? I hate theoretical it. I hate it when I first saw it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm going like two point seven five, but I'll go up to a three just so okay. I don't have to retype oh. my review. Right, damn, I'm a uh, I'm three and a half. I don't nice. like not enough like happens for me to truly invest in this movie, but I like I liked most of the things in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel similarly, and it is too long. Yes, but um. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's our deep dive, that's brothers. That's our deep dive. Uh, so, next, John. Yeah. What? What are we watching next time? It's not my turn. It's John's turn. Is it? Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. No, I thought it's... it. Wait. Oh my God. No, it was Kevin. So it's mine. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. Let me look up. We've the, been, uh, wait. Uh, we've been doing the Jesus. So, uh, who was who was before you? Who was before you? Uh, Jr. Jr. Johnny yeah. Guitar. Yeah. Right. Johnny Guitar. But I thought y'all. Sw- I y'all picked swapped. the Abyss. The Abyss. Johnny Guitar. Okay. Sling Blade, now it's his turn. And trash numbers. 
trash humpers? <laughs> I'm gonna make Jr. Yes. White trash humpers. Yes. Again, I've Wait, already for real? I've already seen it. it. He says. <laughs> uh, you want to change you your picks? This is... You've already seen it. This is me. Yeah, I, I talked about it on here. He's I already seen it. Pick something else. You're just being a dick. Yeah, you're just being an asshole. <laughs> um, fuck. Let me go to my watch list. Now he's got to pick something else. You have seen it. You gave it a one and a half. Pick something insanely <laughs> long. Were you not here when I talked about it? Maybe you I probably wasn't. Uh, yeah, I probably wasn't. He's going to pick Decalogue by Kieslowski. Um, That'd be kind of funny. Well, pick too old to die young. Force him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to see Polanski's Macbeth. Okay, do it. Do it. Uh, have you guys seen that? Yeah, but it's I been know a while. That, I know that JR's. It's been a oh, while. Yeah. Okay, I have, but I mean, it's been a long time, no, and I'd like it, to rewatch man. it. Fuck it, let's do it. Either that or Diary of a Country Priest. I'm into either one of those. They're both on Criterion, and I have. You guys both. Didn't we just do one of his movies? Yeah. Yeah, we did, yeah. That's right. Bresson. Oh, let's do Bresson. Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah. Macbeth. We haven't, done, we haven't done a Beth. Polanski yet. No, I don't think so. No? And it's it's timely because next week uh, the uh, Tarantino movie comes out about his wife's death. Oh, right. Oh, perfect. So, okay. Which the Macbeth is directly influenced by. Um, so, yeah. It's next week we're going to watch, uh, or next time we record, we're going to watch Polanski's Macbeth from 1971. Check it out if you have the time. Uh, and then until uh, next time visit our website at filmyak.podient.co uh, write to us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com and uh, visit our Facebook page Filmyak Podcast like us like us on iTunes review us on iTunes if you can and uh, until next time thanks for listening and I look right Recording. Everybody's recording. JR, say something. Hey. Okay, we're good now. So, I don't so, want to hear any more shit about me now. Watch the okay. die. JR? <laughs> <laughs> so, Too Old to Die Young is a Nicholas Winding Ruffin show uh, created by Nicholas Winding Ruffin and Ed Brubaker and uh, directed, all the episodes directed by Nicholas Winding Ruffin. Mm. Does Brubaker write all. He, all the episodes? Or? Uh, it, I don't know if it says who writes them. Does it say? I'm sure it does. I don't know. I didn't pay mm-hmm. attention to that. Every time it says 
cuts to the end and says directed by, I immediately mm. like it jumps to the next episode. So I didn't, oh, right, I right. didn't watch mm. any of the credits. Yeah. Like, I was thinking like along the lines of like True Detective, like I mean, the they, first season. Like, one of them, I think they co-write all the episodes, if mm. I'm not mistaken. I mean, I know that one of them is the writer on each episode, mm. if not both of them. Okay. John, what would you think about this show? <laughs> it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's um, – we, we already recorded this, and then John fucked it up, so <laughs> redoing it. But uh, – <laughs> They don't um, need to know that. Let me think. <laughs> uh, no, I, I there there are parts that I really really enjoyed and parts that I did not enjoy at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a whole, I think it's definitely worth watching. Mm. And uh, if you're a fan of Refn, I mean, this is like you have to watch this. Like, I'd say if you, you're a you fan of <laughs> if you're a fan of recent Refn, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Like but, the uh, way that he, this is like it feels like this is his most everything that people hate about his recent stuff is like this is exacerbated all of it yeah like it's really violent I mean, I, i've read it's, people's reviews and comments after watching it and a lot of them are like this is why you shouldn't give like directors like free reign yeah and, I, I completely and I'm like, disagree i'm like i want to <laughs> see more of this yeah i want to mm. see like what would herzog do with like 50 million dollars yeah and just like here make a fucking prime show like please absolutely <laughs> i mean i yeah i think it's it, it i think this this is definitely worth existing like the, like people should pay attention to this i mean it's just coming off of the heels of uh the twin peaks reboot and it's like yeah it, i think that that in combination with this just proves that this is exactly what you should be doing it's like the television is a place to give auteurs to experiment. free reign and let them do whatever yeah. they want to do it's like mm. breaking bad on acid or something yeah like, i mean it's really not i mean yeah if you really break it down it's not that like twin peaks is way more crazy than yeah. this is i, I mean this yeah. is just like it's a crime story yeah. it's it's very languidly paced and it's strange and there are hallucinatory sequences and weird shit going on but like i think it might be a little tougher to watch than twin peaks maybe i think it's i think it's it'll but, be more difficult for people to get through yeah because of the pacing because Twin Peaks is even when it's slow, it's there's still like so much strange shit going on that you're engaged. Yeah. But this is like there will be like almost nothing going on and like a long panning shot over so like the a panning landscape. Is like, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's the panning's so slow you could see the camera kind of jolt. Yeah, it's like, like, like shaking a little. Like, bit. Yeah, it's like the, the the tripod isn't like greased enough for how slow they're panning. <laughs> They should have done it all like robotically, like just. It's like, still. Mm. I mean, it looks. It looks still looks good though. I mean, it's. No, I mean, it, the whole thing looks amazing. It's shot mm. very, very well. It's directed very, very well, and uh, I think all the acting is really solid. I was uh, saying before that, uh, you know, the actor, the weak link, I thought was going to be the actor who plays Jesus, but then he's his character develops so much over the course of the show that he's he's got yeah. some room to do some really interesting things. And, and Miles Teller, like, really. Kind of yeah. rules. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of want to see him in more stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was worried. I was a little worried about. I him was too because he's young still, and I guess I wasn't. You know, I haven't seen him in a lot of like stuff where I'm like, "Wow, Miles Teller rules!" Like yeah. he's just he's all right, but I mean, I can't even think of anything I really like him in. Maybe Whiplash, but I mean, like even that's not yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. What has Miles Teller been in? Fantastic Four. I mean, it's like seriously, he doesn't have a great track record, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. He's great in this, though. So I mean, yeah, he's very good in this. But I, this is another thing that he won't. I mean, he won't get kudos for this, though. You know, <laughs> no. people yeah. aren't looking at this and being like, "Wow, Miles Teller's great in it." Mm. He's so restrained. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, uh, but he is. That's an know. understatement. 
Uh, how'd you feel about John Hawks and uh, the Jenna Malone side of the story? Oh, uh, I liked it. Um, I like the whole, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I like the whole hitman thing. That, right. that was cool as shit. What I didn't get was her like weird thing towards the end where her eyes changed. Color. Yeah. That was scary. As it was fuck. cool, but it was very like, <laughs> why? I was terrified at first, but then it was like it, she played it so matter of factly that I was like, is this even supposed to be scary? Cause she didn't seem that scared about it. I was like, I would be terrified. It was if this kind of like me. a weird, like that, like I said earlier, like the last, well, not earlier, but when we recorded this earlier, um, <laughs> uh, the last two episodes kind of drop off for me. Like they're, they seem a little rushed until the very, very end where Yaritza does her thing. And it's amazing. I think but, the, uh, um, the problem with the last, and that name Yaritza, I don't know, like that name rules. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I feel like the problem with the last last episode, the last two episodes, is that they something happens in the third to last episode, and it like I won't say it. It's not that it blows their load. It's that they there's a certain character that doesn't exist anymore after that episode, and yeah. it's like he was he, he was kind of he's crucial to he's kind of carrying the weight. Yeah, exactly. You want to see him, and it's like he's gone now. So what am I looking at? You know, like, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you know, and, and it feels like, yeah, it feels like these other characters aren't as interesting without him being there. But the, I mean, towards the end, it's, it's kind of like the chaos reigns type situation where like towards the end, it's like talking animals. Yeah. No, no <laughs> shit just like goes crazy. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus has like a, uh, a monologue where he's like, you know, the oh, fu- that's the, amazing! Yeah, yeah, like the future. I want to see more torture. Yeah, and he's all like, that's yeah, amazing. more yeah. rape, more killing, and he's like, the future is Mexico. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that's good stuff. <laughs> I was like, okay, like that's th- there great. is no redemption in any of these characters. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I the, the, speaking of the last episode, you know, all the episodes are seventy-five to ninety minutes long, and the last episode is a half hour. And it feels like it's like, well, we got to, there's like not much to wrap up here. So we're just going to wrap it up really quick. But then it's like the last episode is really slow also. And it's weird because they've, the, the characters they choose to focus on, on the last episode being, you know, the Jenna Malone character and just like the shit that she does and they show her doing, it's just like, I don't know what I'm watching here. It felt like filler. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand. Like what, like why do I need to watch her masturbate in her bed? I mean, I feel like you can take a shower. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can read into it. Like she's masturbating. She doesn't need a man, you know, like she like, she's completely like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think it's a little shallow, but it's like, and then Yuritsa is like murdering all these dudes yeah. to save the prostitutes. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, what I, is but okay? But then you have to reconcile that with the fact that she thinks that Yaritza is coming for her at some point. Yeah, I, which makes no sense yeah. because she's doing Yaritza's work and it's, essentially. At the same time, it, yeah, that's true. And at the same time, like I don't know how Jesus and Yaritza exist in the same. Like, how does I don't understand? You know I, mean? I don't like, understand. <laughs> like he he seems to represent everything she hates. Yeah, but they're they're like buddies. And they is love it, each like, other. I feel like the last two episodes could have maybe gone into that. Yeah, that would have been cool. I feel like that's. I feel like they're thinking that's the second kills season. Him, and then she's the second like, season is going to be Yuritsa versus Hazus or something like that. I don't want to see a second season, but it's like, <laughs> well, you won't. You won't. I mean, so, yeah, we definitely won't. But like, but I feel they like should have, they should have known that and said, okay, this is our one shot. To we do should have this. made thirteen more hours of this thing and <laughs> <laughs> just made us twenty six hour season. Twenty six hours. I mean, there's pro- there's definite problems, but it's it was uh, entertaining to watch. 
Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, fun is the wrong word, but <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad I watched it. And uh, it was challenging at certain times and then mm. really rewarding at others. I mean, we have to talk about episode five, uh, yeah, which yeah. seems to be the kind of like the go-to. Pretty much everyone's favorite. This episode, is going to be your favorite episode of the yeah, show because yeah. it has the most shit going on and it's really fun to watch. And just those, uh, the characters of the brothers. <laughs> It just oh, the, the, the opening, the opening scene. scene yeah. Just like I was like, okay, like at this point, I'm like, I am so into this show. <laughs> like it's dark as fuck, pitch black dark. Yeah, and uh, it, to a point it where it keeps it keeps nose diving to a point where it's episode. like it's obviously self aware of how ridiculous yeah. it is. Because I mean, like that line when he walks out the door and he <laughs> says, "Okay, boys, rape him." I feel like that's. <laughs> Like nobody Kevin would, has no context whatsoever. <laughs> nobody would ever say those words. It's just mm. like so ridiculous, but it somehow works in the in the weird universe of that creator. Scariest part. <laughs> scariest part is the fucking like redneck dude that's like standing, like sitting there next to him the whole time. Yeah, and he like force feeds the dude the pill and shit. Yeah, that's so <laughs> that dude shit. is scary as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, open your fucking open your mouth open your mouth here it's just like is that the guy with the curly blonde hair yeah yeah and he's like sign it sign it sign it sign it <laughs> sign it it's just like <laughs> very frightening yeah and they cast the kid in that really well they too really like did. that kid is and when looking. and when she, and and then they, you have the car chase, the 12 hour car chase. yeah oh in the, in the electric car <laughs> I mean, it's, defi- it's definitely self-aware at this point. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's self- goofy. It's goofy as fuck, but, but it's, it's still really. It was insane. it was great, and it's that part is like you get honestly that episode that whole episode is like a reprieve from the extreme darkness. Yeah. of the, as much as it is dark in itself, there's humor in it, and, it's <laughs> and like, even Miles Teller like he's like. He becomes like a totally different human he, when he interacts he, with him. He's yeah. like, hey, guys. He's like smiling. I'm like, why is he smiling? This is really weird. <laughs> and he even like he's trying to be the hero, I guess. Yeah. And it just he ends up getting fucking stabbed and shit. And it's just I like. Love, <laughs> I love uh, all of the uh, stuff in the car when they're chasing him. And, and he says, this motherfucker is a dead motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> they're yelling at each other about the the car being electric and everything. And then uh, uh, whenever he, when he, I don't want to give away anything. When he shoots the one person who's trying to look at his dick. Yeah. It's amazing. That was, that was, re- that was totally reffing right there. Yeah, like, that you get, ruled. Like, it's you it's see like that in super films, slow-mo yeah. brain matter. I'm into it. <laughs> and it. That just pisses me off because like that wasn't CG. Yeah, it feels like, other, yeah. Why, or maybe, maybe it wasn't, it just... Maybe oh, it, I don't know, it looked great. If it was, it was like Fincher's people doing yeah. it. <laughs> but then there's other scenes, like there's a scene where Jesus is, uh, he's like pretty much naked, macheting mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's brutal. Yeah, that and was it's just brutal. Like, and you can, the thing about why that is... Why don't they just put a pool of blood on the ground? You can a baby see, pool. You can, see that some, <laughs> you can see that somebody is sp- like spritzing him with blood because he's getting blood on him. Yeah. That's real fake blood. And then there's, but there's this goofy CGI blood coming it's out of the just, frame. It's depressing. It's, it's yeah. like, I, you don't, <sighs> it's just so I mean, silly. We, we talk about timeless with the music. Yeah. You know, and it's like, just do practical fucking effects, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get and it. And there's so much of it. Like there's so much, uh, I feel like this is a thing that Refn does a lot too, which I think really helps him is that he shoots a lot of like after the fact violence. Like he'll show gore. Which I'm fine with. Afterwards and not show the actual gunshots. He'll just show dead bodies and like, like when, blood everywhere. Yeah. When Hazes is executing these dudes, like. 
it shows a few shots from the like the gun barrels. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have been fine with all of them being like that. Yeah. And then just show the aftermath. Like I just you, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I honestly, when you shoot someone, I, I don't need, uh, I don't need the head to explode when you shoot them. Yeah. Just shoot them. It's a little nitpicky, like, but it's, I don't know. It's annoying. I mean, it's nitpicky, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's something that bothers me and it, it takes me out yeah, of the experience. So, and, uh, just another thing about that is that, uh, when, when he, Miles Teller and John Hawks go to warn the Damien and yeah. they find, the severed hands yeah. like that room is drenched in blood. It's not com- comical. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's the kind of thing it's like, well, you can show that. Like, I'm glad they didn't show the scene of them cutting his hands off because it would have been stupid as fuck looking. I'm sure I'll tell you another scene that I did like that was CG, but looked great is when I can't spoil this, but there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a very, uh, there's a pretty young character who gets shot in the face. Yeah. On a beach, it's incredible. <laughs> that is, and when he shoots, when he shoots three times afterwards, he just walks. Duh, duh, duh. I was, <laughs> I was amazing. depressed. The, I know. I was like, that scene I was like, is not so, her. Yeah, right. She's so like, <laughs> she's done nothing wrong. She's literally done all. nothing wrong. <laughs> it is, it is <laughs> depressing. <laughs> and it's like every, like just the, the people who die in sequence in that episode. It's just like, God, this is just everybody's dying. <laughs> There's no hope in this show. It yeah. remind and that reminded me of Breaking Bad because I remember in Breaking Bad when uh, have you seen you've watched Breaking Bad yeah. yet, Kevin? Um, minor spoilers for Breaking Bad here, but I remember in the last season, the last few episodes, might have even been the last episode. They want uh, Jesse to the biker gang wants Jesse to cook meth for them, and yeah. he says no, and then they drive over to that that girl's house and they just shoot her in the face in yeah. front of him. I was mm-hmm. just like, that is some heavy shit. Like she literally did nothing wrong. <laughs> She did nothing to deserve I mean, that. Yeah. And they, the creators of the show just executed like, I mean, Breaking Bad, yeah. say, say what you will. Like, I mean, that's, that's they, insane. They, they were all the TV. way. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, that's insane for cable TV. Yeah. It was, I mean, talk about depressing. That <laughs> Jess, Jesse being like tethered to the, the, the thing where you could walk around and cook meth. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I need to rewatch that. That shit. makes me want to cry. Yeah. I've been meaning to rewatch it for like a long time because I, yeah. I know 100% there will be so many things that I'll appreciate more now. now. That, the, that the hype's mm. kind of died down too. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I mean, it, that, like, that shit got annoying. Let's be honest. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anthony I mean, Hopkins I, and shit. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> but just, uh, I mean, if you, yeah, just let it be. Don't go into it assuming, mm. oh my God, it's going to be the best acting I've ever seen. Because honestly, I feel like there are moments in that, I don't know how we got to break about it. There are moments <laughs> in that where Cranston is kind of bad in certain parts of it, but the, well, like a lot of people are kind of bad. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, like, it's a good show. Yeah. No, it's it. a great leave, show. Leave it at that. Like, yeah. like it, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, every show has problems. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's definitely like one of the more solid, consistent <clears throat> shows. And the fact that sure. like, you know, it ran its course and they didn't try to, it is very consistent. Yeah. yeah. And it only had five seasons, and that was it. And they were like, yeah, uh, we're doing other things now. What Although about like, – um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I heard – I heard like – it's been like three years ago now. Like uh, Vince Gilligan was supposed to be developing something about Jim Jones for HBO. Oh, yeah. And I haven't heard anything more about that since. I could get into that. I yeah. don't want him to be a one-head wonder. He did yeah. some. Well, he's had shows before. Well, he's doing back. like Better Call Saul, which like I haven't I mean, watched it. I've, it's not. It's not bad. I watched the first season. It was okay. Mm-hmm. He's got. A, he had some show that was on like right after Breaking Bad ended. He had some cop show on CBS or something that mm-hmm. lasted like a season and mm-hmm. failed. Oh right, right. 
and he before this before he he, he was an X Files guy and he did yeah yeah. yeah yeah he did that show uh, the Lone Gunman which was really good yeah I thought uh, last of the season but uh, I don't, I can't remember if we talked about William Baldwin this recording in the last one <laughs> we didn't talk but about uh, I don't think. old Billy Baldwin as the uh, as the father of the girl fantastic yeah I mean I mean <laughs> seriously good I, I'm gonna I, I re- reiterate here. I think almost every actor in this is good. Like he's great, and I think Miles Teller is great. But every I think everybody's good. Yeah, I agree. But uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who. Like if I was, I was for an offshoot of, Baldwin, I mean, I mean, I thought he was like he sounds like in his older age, he sounds so much like Alec. It's crazy. Yeah, mm. I thought it was for like thirty <laughs> seconds. Yeah. I was like, what the? F- oh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't think of any even like bit parts that aren't like manned by really strong performances. Mm. Uh. Yeah, anyway. I really, I really enjoyed the the henchman, uh, Jesus's like henchman guy. That I mean, that guy's great. Yeah. I don't know, he's such an asshole. But <laughs> they, go, like, they get into like the taco truck argument. And yeah, stuff. <laughs> that whole scene ruled. And Jesus's uh, suggestion about how to fix that. Yeah, rape their sisters. <laughs> like that's just fucked. The white boys are uh, taking over the taco business. Yeah, like, rape their sisters. Uh, <laughs> it's just like what, what kind of shit fuck? is that? Wow. And it's just like <laughs> it shocks. It's like they're all cartel members, and it shocks them. <laughs> you know, right? Like, uh... <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. I really, yeah, I, I didn't. There was not much. There, I'll say that, like, as far as the plot goes, there wasn't a moment where the there was a, there was one moment where it went in a direction that I didn't want it to go in. But other than that, I mean, I think, and that was the what happens in that third to last episode. I didn't want that to happen. I'm not like upset it happened, but, and I can't. I don't really see. I mean, there's it, no way it shouldn't have happened because of the situation that the character was in. But but the problem that I have, not the problem that I have with it, is that I, I think it's actually like really ballsy how they handle it because Jesus tells him he's like, "This is what's going to happen," and then that just happens. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna beat you for three days and kill you, and then he does it, and then it's just like, you just watch him get beat for three days, and then he kills him, and it's like, that's kind of. I, I was kept like, he's got to escape, right? Like something's yeah, gonna I happen. I kept waiting, and, and like, I, he, he, like Jesus walks in slowly. I'm like, oh, he's gonna, it's, he's gonna be gone. Yeah, right. And right. Like, no. I thought, you know what? I really thought was gonna happen. <laughs> he's not gone. Was the guy who's captured his partner? I'm trying not to spoil this for Kevin. I'm really trying hard. His partner, who helps him with the yeah. other thing is going to come and yeah. kill everybody, but that doesn't happen. That remind, Cause that reminded me of like, uh, I don't know if you remember like in boardwalk empire and like the second to last season, the guy who's a face is like blown mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And he's got the mask. He yeah, goes yeah. in and kills everybody in that house trying to rescue that girl. Yeah. Right. It's right. like a taxi driver situation. Yeah. That shit ruled. But, um, I thought something like that might happen, but Oh, well, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, do you want to try to try to give it a rating out of five? Overall, I mean, yeah. I, like for instance, Breaking Bad for me, I've always said, and I said it after I finished it the first time, and then I rewatched it with Nicole a year or two ago, and it stayed the same. It's a four. It's a solid four out mm. of five because I, I have a lot of problems with it, but it's so good otherwise that it just holds up. I mean, I would I would probably say like this is like a three and a half, just solid three and a half. Like, yeah, yeah, three and a half. See, I feel like I'd go higher than that. Yeah. Just because of the ballsiness of the the way that it's yeah. presented. But then there's also this, like, I feel like on rewatch, I don't know. Like, like I'll ever rewatch this. But, like, 
I don't know. I'm trying not to like totally give in to like. I don't know. You don't want to. There's be, no. There's no hype. Over you don't want to, but you don't want to approach it like this is stalker on television. I no, I mean that's shit. insane. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is deep or dumb. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know if this mm. is like it's like complete. It's sub, like like it's like the artwork. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if this is complete shit or not. Right. There's parts that again. There's parts that I really like, and there's parts that I don't. But when were you hooked? Um, we were like, I'm gonna finish this now. Definitely episode five. Yeah. Probably episode four though, um, but definitely episode five. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, For me, this it is was crazy shit. After two happened, and there's that scene where they visit the police captain, and it's just like panning across the station for like twenty minutes yeah. while they're talking. I was like, "That's I'm in." Like I'll watch. Oh, and all anything the police now. station shit. All, yeah. all the people he works with oh, are amazing. So especially the captain <laughs> yeah. with the mustache. That guy, every time he does like fascism, fascism. Every time he does the gay voice. Yeah, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's definitely commentary on everything that's oh, like, going on now. A lot of Trump stuff yeah. in there. Especially, and William Baldwin with his whole like talking about his daughter. Like if I would be dating her, if uh, yeah, if she, she weren't my daughter, yeah like a direct line from Trump and it's all like underage stuff what is with Reffin and like I don't know like yeah I don't really not to spoil that. it but like it's insane and in the first, you find this out in the first, like first 20 minutes of the show but like Miles Teller is the hero of the show mm-hmm. he's he's a, he's dating an underage girl like it's like how do you write your hero in 2019 dating an underage girl and it's not like he's oh he's like 20 he's 30 not, he's like 30 and he's dating a 17 year old <laughs> and he's been dating her since she was 16 <laughs> And her father's totally fine with it. Because <laughs> they're like artists and shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, Ballsy wow. as fuck. It is nuts. <laughs> Especially nowadays. But I'm not, the only other thing. I don't I, know. It's, it sounds like those are the kinds of things that like now we would be saying that. But that's why they wrote them that way. Yeah. Like. It makes you like. Yeah. Like. like yeah. Like look how totally fucked up this is. He's not likable. this yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, Miles Teller is the—he's the protagonist of the show. He's not likable. He's not a good person at right. all. Right. But it's like that—that that part of him is like the least problematic. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's—it's it's crazy. Well, shit. I just wanted to say one other thing was that um, all the murdering. And stuff, speaking yeah. of speaking of the murdering, yeah. When he and John Hawks team up to murder that couple, that was crazy. And he stabs the woman. I mean, that shit was insanely good. <laughs> He just whips the knife out, just starts. He's like hitting her in the side, and like, <laughs> and she's screaming. It's in, it's so extreme. It's just like out of nowhere. And I don't know if you noticed this, a true De Niro stomp moment. Uh, John Hawks is aiming at the guy on the ground, and he's moving the gun with his head. It's <laughs> like making sure that he gets the shot in the head. Oh my god! The John Hawks character is amazing. Yeah, he rules. Like he's he's probably my favorite character in the whole thing. Uh, but yeah. Solid, solid. Definitely. Check it out. Definitely solid. Check it out. You know, don't yeah. listen to Jr. Who's like, you know, <laughs> being a little pussy and doesn't want to watch it because he's got other like Greek films to watch from 1953. Okay, watch Nicholas Winding Refn's Too Old to Die Young. Get it. Mm. Apparently, uh, he brought episodes four and five. He edited them together as a movie and brought them to Cannes. Huh. Is that right? Yeah. So, and that's a thing that you can log on Letterboxd, but I don't know how you'd see it unless you were I wonder at what the reception mm. was for that. I don't know. I, people asked him why he didn't just show the first episode, and he said, uh, he, he explained it by saying, like, that uh, 
he wanted the audience to be youthful and he felt like those episodes would be more entertaining for them than the first episode. Huh. Which I could see. I mean, the fifth episode is like easily the most entertaining episode. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, (laughs) solid stuff. Cool. That's our, uh, that'll be a little bonus. Yeah. (laughs) Is that our, uh, Patreon bonus? That's our Patreon bonus. Yeah, yeah. Donate to us at, uh, (laughs) no, we're not not like that. This for second, for tier two subscribers. (laughs) Now, is JR still not around? Uh, He hasn't called in. We're going to have to Um, start the show. Yeah, let's start this. It's already 430. Yeah. All right. uh, I don't have a lot. I'm actually going to skip a couple because. I'm skipping a lot. I have like 17 movies to talk about. I'm not talking about hardly any of them. (laughs) We talked about, I'm not talking about Dragon Ball Z, and we, uh. And we got, we talked about the crow, right? Well, I, I know I did, and I mean I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it for a minute, mm, but like okay. I think we went pretty in depth on the crow, right? When you watched it, yeah, because yeah, because we had to, and then high life. Mm. Aziz, I'm sorry. Right now, did you watch that? No, mm. I only logged it because it's Spike Jones. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know. No, you, I mean, I don't have a problem with you logging in. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, um, it's feature length, right? It's like an hour. Yeah, it's like an hour. Mm. All right, let's start the show. <laughs>